pencil in the apocalypse. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Maximum Film. It's episode 275, and look, I ain't no jive. I'm your host, Ify Wadiway, and in the studio with me are my friends. So let me introduce you to them. First up, we have the Christmas Zaddy himself, just in full gear right now. Uh, everyone's favorite critic, especially mine's, Alonzo Giralde. What's good? Uh, I'll tell you, Ify, this is technically would have been part of the Christmas Minute, but I felt like I needed to give it its own special pedestal. A friend of the show, Matt Rogers, co-host of the Las Culturistas podcast, co-star of this summer's uh, Fire Island, has a new special on Showtime called Matt Rogers. Have you heard of Christmas? Uh, and it is kind of, it's a one hour sort of mostly cabaret show where he does some really amazing new uh, holiday songs, all of them destined to become standards, I think, uh, with some uh, comedy stuff interlaced throughout. Uh, it's just hilarious. And um, between his podcast and Fire Island and his his great supporting work on, on Showtime's I Love That For You. Uh, I've been calling this the year of Matt Rogers. And so uh, he's really bringing it home in December with this holiday special. So uh, I very highly recommend people check it out. It's a, it's a riot. He's just an entertainer for the ages, that kid. <laughs> he is. He <laughs> is. so cute. Uh, as, as they say on The Simpsons, a white hot grease fire of entertainment. Mm. <laughs> well, <perfect>. you... <laughs> You know, uh, the white hot grease fire of festival programming, producing, and skincare is none other than the queen of the Midwest herself, Drea Clark. What's good? Um, my what's good as we, you know, barreling towards whatever holiday you might get up to in this month of December. Um, I know that presents are things people are looking for. And as I was changing my sheets this week, I had a revelation, the best present that you could get someone, which is certainly something they would enjoy and would probably absolutely never buy themselves. Treat your friends and loved ones to silk pillowcases. It is good for the skin. It is good for the hair. It keeps you from aging. Don't quote me on that. But they're wonderful. And I have some... And I absolutely bought them for myself and won't buy more because I'm like, well, you already have that one set. So, like, I have it real good for, like, a week. And then I'm back to cotton, like the plebes around me. Asking for a friend. What if you're a drooler? (laughs) Girls, cocoons dry out. Why wouldn't a silk pillowcase? Like, it all works out in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I, I typically have like a satin silk pillowcase for my for my locks, uh, which um, definitely like. Here's the thing about uh, getting your hair locked um, is they're solid and tight. Yes, right please when tell they're twisted. the three of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're solid <laughs> and tight and fresh when they're twisted, and then as soon as you need to wash your hair is when it'll start getting fuzzy. <laughs> and I've been trying to hold off so long and of course i immediately do a friend's short and i get all this fake blood in my hair and i was like i have to wash it and uh. so um I'm, I'm in the fuzzy mode which is why you see me with a hat i wasn't wearing a hat for a minute <laughs> i'm sure i'm not alone in picturing the iffy boudoir as involving like 
you know, satin, red satin sheets and, and a mirror on the ceiling. It's not just me, right? Some no, candelabra strewn again, about, perhaps? No, my recommendation is just for the pillowcases. I have no gotcha. interest in slip sliding around. Gotcha. It's just for my facial region. <laughs> but iffy, no, it's a round yeah. bed and it's absolutely all sh- satin. It is and uh, probably red or black. It yeah. is Tufted. purple, okay? It's purple. God, of course, get out of here. There we go. Trying to be How dare I? And black accuracy. Accusations because there, I remember a tweet while ago says, I don't know why red and black has a chokehold on black men's uh, bedroom design. And at the time, I definitely had a red and black <laughs> old bedroom. And I was like, oh, so no. instead you decided to go Prince. Yeah, Good. exactly. You uh, don't know me. So and he a- is funky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know who else is funky? Uh, It's none other than the screenwriter and director whose credits include such titles as Batman Returns, Demolition Man, and Heathers, Daniel Waters. What's good? Yay! Wow, I didn't know I had to prepare a loose five plug for something. I I got no Matt Rogers, I got no Soap Pellas. I've been all about cannibalism and Trent Reznor soundtracks for the last... Two hours, so I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to eat. Those are good things. I'll tell you what's good is Batman Returns as a Christmas movie, uh, which oh, is, it's finally getting some credit for. When I when I wrote about it originally in 2010, it seemed like an outlier opinion. But every year, it, more and more, as the season rolls around, people remember. I owe you half my residuals. I mean, you <laughs> really brought it back. I mean, it's got five sold out shows at the Almo Draft House. I mean, wow. It's like who? I mean, every every script on my horizon take place at Christmas. Yeah, I love that. Are oh, you yeah. going to go to all of them and just sit in the back like creepily? <laughs> no Q and A's, just weird lurking in the back. Oh, I, I, I do weird lur- weird lurking. Like when I I have to say out loud what other writers contributed that I don't lines I don't like, like Love Connection references. Like Love Connection wasn't even a good reference then. On <laughs> my line. <laughs> Oh. So you use all of these screenings as just like vindication platforms. <laughs> well, because I didn't get them when the movie came out because there's too many people oh, whining that, sure. I was, that I wasn't faithful enough to the comic book. So like it would be, it was like Babe Pig in the City where the lights would come up and everybody would feel like they got punched in the stomach. I'm like, finally, tra- as I always told Alonzo, tragedy plus time is my comedy equals comedy. That's all my, all my movies. Finally, people get them 20 years later. Uh, look, I've been a Hudson Hawks fan from day one, but I'm glad that the world is finally catching up with me. Iffy, what's good? What's good with me? It's funny that we were talking about uh, composers because, you know, I've said before, you know, Nicholas Bertel uh, is creeping up there kind of uh, close to dethroning Ludwig Granson for me. But uh, he he has a stronger place in the Iffy household because I definitely bought the 10th anniversary edition, or I think it might be the five year, of the Moonlight uh, soundtrack. And it's this, oh. uh, I posted it on my Instagram, but it's like a nice kind of like orange book with these gorgeous photos all yes. throughout and the, uh, the soundtrack, which is uh, solid and uh, next level. And it's a good listen uh, when I really want to be broody at my house, uh, just letting those strings go nuts. I had a Nicholas Patel morning with working to the She Said soundtrack, which turned a term paper into a piece of cinema single-handedly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that soundtrack. Yes. See, if you'd done that while surrounded by purple sheets, it just would have taken it all the way. Whoa. <laughs> yes. yeah. And yeah. Matt Rogers. 
Exactly. Exactly. Circle. Get him on the phone. Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, so on today's show, we're going to give you heaping helpings of bones and all. Uh, And later, we'll take a hotline call about iconic scumbags. Plus, we'll have a Christmas movie minute for you. But first, it's time for Ididic, our movie news segment that's short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Where we go through the week's movie news and discuss whether it's important and if we care. And Alonzo's going to kick things off for us. Oh, certainly. So, uh, you know, everything we've heard so far about the Warner Brothers Discovery merger has just been um, a horror show. But we haven't heard is what's the name of the new combined streaming service? Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is getting closer to rolling out an all new combined service that will merge HBO Max and all the Discovery Plus options into one place. It's looking like they're probably going to call this service Max, as in, hey, do you have Max or do you want to borrow my Max login? A report released earlier this week suggested that Max as in Grody to the, was the number one option, but other names are still being kicked around. Is this important? Do you care? I'll tell you why this is important. Because I feel like Discovery Plus is where all of the forensic shows that my mother watches lives. And therefore, she will get a service to this that I can hijack. And she does not care about HBO Max, so it's finally going to come to fruition for me. Everything's coming up, Drea. Everything's coming up, Drea. (laughs) Is it weird that I heard the name Max? First off, they should call it Maximum Film, and then we should get residuals. (laughs) And secondly, the name Max always makes me think of, as I'm sure everyone else, Vanessa Redgrave's character in Mission Impossible. No, just me. I was going to go for the dog in uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Or the John Cusack Hitler film. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is l- lots, lots of, of connotations. filmic yeah. references, so maybe not a terrible um, idea for them. Mm. Yeah, Max. I'm always, a, always a fan of Turbo. I always think Turbo should be used more often. <laughs> Turbo, oh yeah. Max, as you guys know, similar to our name, has such an extreme sport vibe to it. Um, and I really hope they lean into that. I want to get a lot of Mountain Dew energy from wherever this ends up. <laughs> Warner, Bro- Warner Brothers Extreme is a good Yeah, there we that's, go. that's that's where we go. Starting with the letter X. Because I'm going to shut down this whole <laughs> Max situation right now. I'm on the I'm I'm in the email chain with Jesse right now, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lock down the Max, which is going to be our premium podcast service, where you can get you know around the clock podcasts like you know uh christmas movie minute year round uh uh, the horny movie minute which is a new one uh that's coming from yours truly and don't you know about skincare uh the midwestern take on skincare uh by one drea clark Fun Man, plus. are our brands cool or what? <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of dorks. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to bring a brand. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Okay. Mm. Speaking of movies, mm. Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's Rustic Films is partnering with V Channel to produce 10 independent films from a diverse slate of international filmmakers. The V Channel will fund the films while Rustic's team produces. This news comes after Benson and Moorhead recently produced, directed, and starred in the Spirit Awards nominated Something in the Dirt. Is this important? Do you care? 
I say it, it is important now that I know what V Channel is, which I had to look it up. But uh, it's big on YouTube, and I know that's where the kids are getting everything now. So my thing is like, great that you're making these. Who's going to see them? But if they're on YouTube, they will be seen. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Especially just the, you know, <laughs> it's it's funny because I've just been so heads down, and I truly <laughs> believe this that uh, I feel like when I before Grand Crew. I, there were so many more buyers than when I left the room uh, <laughs> for industry speak. And so so I'm like, just more ways to make stuff and so that I don't have to s- try and sell everything to just the mouse and Amazon. And then that's just two no's and then I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> two no's and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always about more movies. If you want to treat Wikipedia Hollywood Pictures and Hollywood Pictures has a lineup of mo- movies that got made that don't exist in this realm anymore. And so, like, blame passed, it on the uh, bellboy, <laughs> blame it on the bellboy, passed away of funeral comedy. Just like these movies don't, there's no place for these movies. I, I want more portals, always more portals, always more movies. I see, as, as you guys know, I see everything. So, I, I, I I'm having. Too many free nights this week, so I need some <laughs> I'm gonna also chime in. He's not exaggerating. Oh, yeah, no, I know no, no, a no. lot of people who watch a lot of movies. Dan we, Waters leaves them in the dust. Yeah, we all doff our cap, no question. No, no you don't know anybody that watches more movies than him. <laughs> and, yeah, at least Alonzo gets paid to see some of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. This is not a compliment. <laughs> I was setting you up for a cry for help. Yeah, he's on. He's on spec. And, and, and it's, it's interesting though that you like Morehead and Benson have like one foot in yeah. the MCU, but they're very aggressively like still doing this. They're they're sort of you know indie tiny budget stuff with the other, which is great because I think a lot of times you know I kind of think we've lost the Russo brothers. You know, I think all we're going to oh, get yes. from them are like bloated Netflix adventure movies and like terrible Apple Plus you know uh, character dramas. Not to be the person who defends the Russo brothers, but they do also like they are some of the first people that got behind the Daniels and helped them um, and and do they do some things. The rustic films, what they're doing with the V channel here, I'm very excited by because micro budget films, they're just hard to make. And it's sometimes harder to raise a micro budget than it is. Um, even like a small, like $3 million budget. That's a, don't ask me for $3 million. I don't have it. But (laughs) to get something and be like, oh yeah, we're going to have this good looking film that comes all the way through. Can we please have, you know, $500,000 to do it? There aren't a lot of people who are trying to finance in that space and they should, they, they hopefully will get a bigger cut back. But indie films aren't enormously profitable. And I know that they are like the net that they're casting, as it says, is international. They're looking for exciting a range of people making films independently all over the world. So I'm psyched to see these. I'm psyched. Dan Waters will have something to do with his well, work I, days. I've, 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 heard, I've, heard, I've heard they've greenlit the Rooster Brothers Welcome Back to Collinwood. So. Get out of here. <laughs> A slam dance movie. Just there's only the one man. There's only a few people who get that joke. In I do. I programmed oh, that at slam dance a thousand years ago. Yeah. All right. Hilarious. <laughs> well, um, uh, speaking of a thousand years, uh, 23 and 23, the Oscars will air all 23 categories live. We're finally going to go. The... <laughs> 
the academy said y'all not going to yell at us anymore we're going to put it all on there uh y'all are going to enjoy this uh award show bones and all last week the academy (laughs) (laughs) announced that all of this year's awards will be presented live in a show that will be hosted by jimmy kimmel uh hold your applause as a reminder Last year's show uh, cut the live presentation of categories like original score. You already know I was tight about that. Makeup, you know, Dre is tight. (laughs) And editing, uh, which we all were tight about. And uh, cut approximately zero minutes out of its runtime. Is this important? Do you care? Very, very, because that, that, that was so embarrassing last year that they that they had the, that ridiculous idea of like, oh, yeah, we're going to young it up by chopping categories, but devoting more time to the flash enters the speed force. Uh, you know, I, I, as any as people were saying, you know, like, look, lean, <laughs> sorry, delayed reaction. So no worries. Uh, lean into the fact that like anybody who's watching the show genuinely cares about all of this stuff, because like th- there, there are no casual viewers of the Oscars anymore. There may not be casual viewers of anything anymore but certainly if you're if you're watching the oscar show you want to see every single category i say that's great also let's bring the governor's awards back in as well because they have a whole separate ball where they have like cool people that get honored every year and cool clip packages that we never get to see and i think that would be like educational for you know young up-and-coming film buffs and would just be a, a quality presentation it's one of the best things the academy does all year and it should be part of the show I'd always rather see, and this is someone who's worked in many an award show in the post department, and I still would rather see um, interesting, earnest thank yous than montages. So yes, bring bring these on, do the actual credit. I'm sure it pleases them to know that like big box office movies like Avatar, Way of Water, and Everything Everywhere All at Once... And even Top Gun Maverick will probably get some decent showing. So those are all the things that they're worried about. Like last year, why they did their stupid fan favorite thing, because the fan box office movies didn't get nods. This year, it's looking like they'll be in the mix as well. But yeah, just do an actual award show that's about awards. I don't know why that's so difficult. I've I've never complained as a child of the Oscars being too long. It It should never be like I'm... I've I've been in these some of these rooms at the academy where this is discussed, and I've always been of the that they they should do an advertisement, an ad campaign that says the Oscars, no apologies. Like <laughs> life is good, the Oscars are better. Just be elitist and bragging. Don't have it. They have such a shame complex that full I full frontal it. Oscar, exactly. <laughs> and Jimmy oh Kimmel. No, not it. Bones and all. <laughs> Well, on that note, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're dipped into bones and all. Well, hey, it's been a while, but we've got a Jumbotron message for you. We'd like to promote a brand new creation of podcast innovation, the Podcast Podcast Podcast. Each week, podcasters O'Neill, Olivia, and Tyler pitch each other innovative, lucrative, and absolutely bonkers podcast ideas. Then create them in the second half of the show. Podcasts such as Count Chocula, the podcast, a dive into the serial mascot world, hosted by Count Chocula, DJ Frankenberry, and the Quaker Oats Man, and the Manchurian Sleep Podcast, a subliminal self-help sleep podcast for a better you. Winky face. 
You can find all of the links to listen to the podcast, podcast, podcast at website, website, website dot biz and follow us on all the socials at Triple P Cast. Our Jumbotron program allows anyone to share their message on a MaximumFun.org podcast, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. So they tell me it's a fun way to show your support for your favorite shows and get the word out about what you're up to. It's easy and cheap. Only $100 for a personal message or $200 for a promotional one. All right. Well, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, everybody. Way in the studio with me are Drea Clark, Daniel Waters, Alonzo Duralde. And today's movie comes from Italian director Luca Guadagnino and is based on a book by Camille D'Angelis. So, Alonzo, would you mind giving us a brief synopsis of Bones and all? Oh, boy. Of all of us, I don't know why I got this assignment, but okay. Uh, Taylor Russell plays Marin. She is a young woman who uh, lives a nomadic experience, first with her father and later without. Why is she living a nomadic experience? Why is she off the grid in 1980s America? Oops, she's a cannibal, and uh, she's not the only one, and they can sniff each other out, literally. She uh, crosses paths with uh, Mark Rylance, who is an older, weird one. Uh, then she crosses paths with Timothy Chalamet, who is a young hot one and um they're young they're in love they eat people older weird one bones and all that must be on the that must be on the poster (laughs) come in for the hot young one stay for the old weird one uh yeah this this uh this this first question uh by marissa i think uh is is my i'm just gonna go with it because it's so funny which is did knowing the premise of this film fully prepare you for what you saw? Well, all I had heard was cannibal love story. And then when it started, in, in, and this is going to be one of the ones where it's just going to be packed with spoilers because there's a lot of little revelations, but the cannibalism's kind of the big one and it's right there in the pitch. Um, but there is a let the right one in element to the opening, which was unexpected. And it kind of set the tone of where we were going of, oh, this is this is going to be part of the world that we're in. It's not just an anomaly. It is there's it's going to be a recurring element. It's this person who's been living with it. Not so many stories that have the supernatural element are origin stories of a sort. And I'm like, no, this is just a, a girl who's been gnawing on people since she was a toddler um so i was both yes and no fully prepared because you can never be fully prepared for a movie even if you like to assume you know every turn that's coming right Right? yeah i mean i figured well he just did suspiria so i guess maybe he's just having a moment with this sort of thing and yeah uh i i wasn't necessarily taken aback by the cannibalism per se but uh i'll just put this out now i i didn't care for this movie i didn't get this movie and what I'm, and i'm excited to have this conversation i was led into this i thought we were all disciples i know I I, I, I I didn't bring any shields or defenses i just I, came in with love no 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 here's the thing i i'm putting my sword down because i know daniel waters loves this movie and so i want you to walk me through all it right. because clearly clearly i missed something because i didn't i thought oh this was my this to God, me felt like what's going on this, this to like, me felt like weak like team joe Badlands. pesci Becoming a made man again, shot in the back of the head. <laughs> no, no, no. Just quite, oh the, quite, 
to the contrary. I'm like, if Daniel Waters likes this movie and I just am not seeing the appeal of it at all, I need to have it explained to me. I so mean, I'm thrilled that you're here. God, well, I was not prepared for it in the best way. I mean, I, I knew if Luca G was directing, it wasn't going to be Dawn of the Dead. But I, was, I came in like, boy, it's a great year for horror movies. Boy, they're really doing a great job with horror movies. A lot of different things going on in the horror genre. But the horror went out the window for me. This is a great American film. This is this is Badlands. This is Night of the Hunter. Just reeked with drench, with atmosphere, and and a, a sparse Trent Reznor score. And I was just and and Taylor Russell's performance is not a horror movie performance. It's one of the great sublime coming of age performances. Even though she, it turns out she's twenty eight, but that's crazy. But um. <laughs> But I, yeah, I was just, I was just blown by, blown away by the mood, and and when it comes down to it, when it comes to eating time, they deliver. You know, it's not like one of those chase. Let's cut away, like the, the gay sex and call me by your name. This is like, <laughs> there's, there's a perfect some, comparison. There's, some, there's, <laughs> some, there's yeah. some, there's some actual munching going on. So no one goes way hungry. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm. I'm also. I also was like team this. I so coming into it, I remember. I think it was either Dre or Alonzo on an earlier podcast described it as like Bonnie and Clyde with uh, cannibals. So that's all I knew. And then I told Emily nothing. I was like, just uh, come in. So just because I was like, oh, I wonder what it'll be like from her, and she thought it was going to be a horror because it had all the horror previews in it but it yeah to me i was like i was able to be like okay i'm I'm meeting it where it's at it's funny that i didn't go in knowing this but halfway through the movie i was like this has to be from a ya novel like i get the beats i get the Mm -hmm. tone and i get it but i like i i'm i'm with you i like the exploration i like the unabashed look at the cannibalism uh because especially the opening before the title card because i was like i knew when because i knew of the movie i was like okay she's gonna bite someone or something at this party i didn't know how extreme it was gonna be and then when you see it you're like oh this is what we're in for yeah, I thought they were going to play a trick on her or something. I thought it was a different kind of movie. And, and I thought we were half an hour away from cannibalism. But that first bite, and they, they keep running the trailer again, so I've been able to see the bite over and over here. The way she bites that finger is so tender and loving and perfect and outrageous. And it really fre- it freaks me out every time I see it, but it's done so perfectly. It's, it's that bite it's of the finger, that bite, intimate, that bite of the finger is, is the movie in a nutshell, what I like about it. It's not just the bite of the finger. It's that it's couched in this. It's a bunch of girls at a slumber party and she's sort of under a glass um, coffee table with another girl. Intimate's a great word for it, Alonzo, because it has a kind of sexual charge to it. Like these girls are being like, ooh, is this going to be an exploratory little girl slumber party whatever moment? And you're like, it is, but it's not the exploration you think it'll be. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was shocked watching the movie. I saw the movie again and I was shocked that once she bites the finger, she commits to it. She rips it all the way off and starts chewing. Like, it's not like, ooh, did I do that? Like, it's... it's <laughs> oh, yeah, she's, she's completely well, not she's embarrassed a cannibal, by it. She's well, you can't stop after one, you know. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is. So the the fellas know I avoid trailers wherever possible. So I had never seen this one. So as much as the cannibalism was kind of in the back of my head, um, I wasn't sure if she was, if it was going to be people she ran into. And so the whole setup of it was really exciting for me because you meet her and you see her father lock her in her room. And this per- this father who's been like very loving and they have this very sort of jovial rapport. Um, and then he locks her in her room and then she escapes. And so I thought that the... The, I do like Iffy nodding to the YA sensibility of the source material, and I would be interested to read it. But it felt like I said, fully fleshed, fleshed out. Sorry, oh, my, yeah. pod, my that's all. That's all on me. <laughs> but um, that that the world of it, and then getting to my guy Mark Rylance, who is so so good at this. When that dude shows up, and he's like, "I smelled you," and I'm like, "Okay." old men with weird teeth things who are drooling and like gumming themselves and say they smelled you never good (laughs) never good my girl like maybe maybe not and then everything about him felt equally lived in like that I knew who that guy was I believed the path he was on and then his fixation on her and this idea of like oh I'm gonna be saved in some way or my life's gonna be different because of this girl like that was so that unlocked a lot for me of how this movie had depth beyond just like oh the love story or whatever the idea of that there's characters and nuances and the weird stuff with her mother later like all of those felt textured in a way that was really unexpected and welcome did you think it was too slow, Alonzo? Or no, I just uh, you, you weren't know, involved. The, the thing about like I didn't like Suspiria either, and to me it kind of felt like I see the ideas here and I see the intent, but it's not landing in an emotional way with me, which was not the thing that I had with his first three movies or the one the first three that I saw anyway. Like I love, I am love. I think it's like the most sensual film ever. Like it's the one movie that goes beyond sight and sound. Like it's a movie that you can smell and taste and touch. You know, I, I, I liked a bigger splash a lot. I loved call me by your name, but these last two are just like, I, I, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of pieces of it again. Like that Mark Rollins is giving this oddball performance. You've got that one really tense scene with like redneck, Michael Stuhlbarg. You have like these individual scenes that are kind of like, all right, well that's kind of cool or that's kind of creepy or atmospheric, or whatever. Oh. But at the end of it, I'm like, and, and you know, and that's sort I, of where I, 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 I go back to being shocked and offended that I've been I, I beg your pardon, be sir. We don't always <laughs> but, agree, but we are friends I, anyway. I, I, we, I, we I, laid I a real trap. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I thought this was going to be a wall-to-wall love fest, but <laughs> this is. But I mean, I think it's so much more stripped down and authentic than Suspiria was, whatever that was, with with all the German history, history that nobody understands, including the writer and director. Um, <laughs> that this is so. I I love the tone of it. I love the mood of it. And I thought it all, like, I'll admit I have a sweet tooth for outrageous genre films that are really slowed down and, and borderline boring. Like, I another Chalamet film, Dune, it's almost like science fiction C-SPAN. Right? <laughs> but, but it's like, if you saw C-SPAN from another planet, wouldn't you think that was pretty cool? Like... <laughs> Like I think, I think it's it's it goes beyond like trying to shock you and repel you. It's like you have to be, you have to lean over for it, and I like that. I, I ask this knowing that it's 
quite possibly a dumb question, but I just want to introduce it into the mix anyway. <laughs> is the cannibalism a metaphor for something? Oh my God, this movie is metaphor roulette. You can... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a metaphor for trauma. It's a metaphor for sickness. It's a metaphor for love. It, there, there's so many metaphors going down. There's metaphors for everyone in this one. It's like, oh, burn it under your chair. There's a metaphor. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think, but that's why, like, if you don't, like, if you stand back and don't actually try to pass out a mem- metaphor for it, it's like, it has its own me. It has its own meaning. It's own te- integrity. Like, I, I think it, to reduce it to a meaning or a theme, I think diminishes it a bit. But I think, yeah, yeah, which is why I didn't want to like pin it to that per se. But I just thought that it's it, it just something well, that well, for this I kind think, of movie comes up. You know, I think the great American narrative is not about family or love anymore. It's about finding your people, and this is a great finding your people movie. Nice. Yeah, Marissa, clip that. There's a soundbite for us. <laughs> I I think too. Like we've certainly. I hate a film where I feel that the metaphor is either overwrought or completely falls apart under scrutiny. Like, I mean, Jordan Peele makes totally different kind of movies, <laughs> but I, f- I could make that argument about <laughs> like the last two films of his that we've discussed. This one, I, I was not, I felt like the potential of metaphor was more interesting subtext and less, oh, this is going to crumble and no longer, and now I'm not going to make sense of any of their motivations. I agree with Waters that the, to me, the motivation was pretty clear of, oh, I'm trying to find people. I've learned I can smell them. Um, and I'm also trying to, you know, like the the mystery of it is her trying to figure out where she's from and meet her mothers. As a Minnesotan, I need to shout out to the line. Um, I literally wrote it down because I laughed so hard because I didn't realize this was going to be a road trip headed to Minnesota. But at some point, there's an exciting clue, which is she's living in a town called Fergus Falls. And I was like, oh, shit, I've been to Fergus Falls. <laughs> Look at Fergus Falls, finally making the map, the cinematic map. And then we get there and I spent five minutes in that in the, like the uh, asylum or whatever being like, is that is that Chloe Savick? Is that Chloe Savick? No. That you did exactly what Emily did, where she kept saying it, kept saying it, and she was like, we have to wait and see. And when her name popped up, she cheered because she was like, I knew it. Look at you, Chloe Savigny. What a what a lack of vanity performance. She was like, do you have the worst wig? Oh, hey, can we talk about that yeah. j- jump scare that fucking got me? Like, that one got me. There's, I think, about two jump scares in this movie. And that was one of them. And it's and, and also, I just remember jumping and being like, how'd she know she'd make it to the end, huh? She wasn't reading that out loud. <laughs> but, but it was... It That's was, true! <laughs> she was like, mm. it, it is oh perfect my gosh, timing. I didn't think about that. She's, she's counting out. She's like, <laughs> yeah. she's right here. Yeah. She's right here. Because this, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this moment happens as um, as the Taylor character is reading a letter from her mother, and then the mom like respond, whatever. I I enjoyed that, but I also liked, and that actually goes back to our original thing: if this is horror or not. Because if you had, I would not describe this as a horror film in any way. I would definitely say like, oh no, it's it's one of your bloodier uh, coming of age love stories. But in I knowing that, yes, it certainly ends with some particularly graphic violence. Um, I, I I like that nobody's enjoying themselves. Oh yeah, it, it, it is. Mm. 
getting insulin for yourself. It is, it, it, it is not like, oh, I got to eat some more people. Yeah. <laughs> then Chalamet has a great line. Um, why are you making this harder than it has to be? Or why are you making this harder than it already is? Why, oh, yeah. you know, stop, stop talking about our cannibalism. We both know we need to eat people, but let's not, let's not dwell on it. Let's not, let's not ruin the day. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked, there's a girl who plays his sister that I highly enjoyed because I the was star, like. The star of all, we're all going to the World's Fair, by the way. Oh, that was. All <gasps> oh, right. Yes, That's yes, yes. crazy. I did think I kind of recognized her, but I also was like, I love actors that don't look, I've said this so many times on the show, that don't look like they're actors. They just look like they're, they're that actual character who just wandered into the movie and they got them to say what they needed to say, which is what I got <laughs> from her. I like that a lot. Did you guys think that the phrase, the descri- this is a film where they say the title numerous times. Bonus. Oh, oh you know, I, you know, they I only to say, do, they, do they only say it once? I thought they only say no. it once. Still, Stuber gives the delivery. I think doesn't doesn't Chalamet say uh, it again later? Stuber, oh, by the way, can we go back to his scene partner, David Gordon Green? His best performance since massive weight of unbearable talent. Big year for David Gordon Green performances. <laughs> but but, but speak, speaking of metaphors, yes, I love that David Gordon Green's the guy who wants to be a cannibal he wants to make a horror movie but he can't really do it right can he <laughs> the director oh, of halloween oh. kills he, and halloween he, doesn't, he doesn't really he doesn't he can't really smell it out but he's learning there is a read on that that's an absolute burn on david gordon green isn't it well, and he was going to direct Suspiria for a long time until uh, Luca G wound up taking over. So I assume that's how they know each other. But yeah, I, I love that read because I, I, as much as I admire a great deal of his career, the, those Halloween movies, I don't think are a highlight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, the, the bones and all stuff. And also, so to touch on that YA novel stuff, I did do uh, extensive research, definitely didn't read it, uh, but definitely went through enough uh, Goodreads reviews to kind of get the gist. And there are a couple differences. In the book, uh, she's not looking for her mother. She's actually looking for her father, who's the cannibal. And in the book, what happens is as soon as she falls in love with someone, she eats them. So the Lee character mm. and her kind oh. of help find the dad. And then it ends with her eating Lee after they kind of profess their love for each other. And she accepts that she has this problem where she will eat anyone she uh, falls in love with. So and she's that's a, a whole mantis. other metaphor. Yeah. Praying, Holy yeah. moly. That, yeah, that it's is... a, exactly. It's a completely different metaphor. That is who goes, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, Luca was like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Too many cast members. Well, are we allowed to touch on the ending at all? Oh, yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Dig in. Dig in. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Stuber gives this great setup. You, you know you're a real cannibal when you when you do it bones and all. Like, didn't didn't anyone expect we were going to have- 100%. Some, some cr- crunching bones at the 100%. end? 100%. Yeah. Or they'd make a nice stock, you know. Yeah. I mostly, I was already, because they give so many lingering shots to how much blood there is around this rented apartment. And I was like, girl, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get your deposit back. But also, there's no cleaning this (laughs) place up. And then now you have two whole bodies. But you're right. You're right. 
You're right, the tracking shot of the cleanest apartment in the world. I mean, she must have eaten bones and all. <laughs> well, that was what I she thought She must have eaten tile and all. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> Every place she moves out of is a crime scene. Yeah. Sconces and all. <laughs> yeah. I was just so sure. Like, I was like, okay, we have this bones and all. You're not a real cannibal. So I thought that what was going to happen was they that they together was going to have to eat this person to get rid of the evidence. And that is definitely not what happened. They were Dude, like, that's a great idea. Yeah, uh, you know, a bit. That's probably the way the bones and all things started. Yeah, having to get rid of body. Exactly. Right? And so, and, but like that's they didn't go that way, and it went this like very like loving like eat me, <laughs> eat me. Because the thing me. is, the, the the movie I think only has one bones and all mentioned. This podcast mm. has ninety seven. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're paid by reference of title. The movie is bones and all, but the podcast is all bones. Uh, we, you know, we can't stop saying. Oh, girl. <laughs> Wait, are we gonna talk about the elephant in the room? Are we hammer? Army Hammer, you make a movie. <laughs> oh my God! Make a movie. You make a movie. Make a movie with a cannibal. Then you make a second movie about cannibalism. You don't invite Army Hammer. If I had a friend, if I sold a show about macrame, and I had a friend who says the macrame, I'd put him on the staff, even if I didn't like him anymore. I mean, it's just just politeness. <laughs> we don't know. He might have had Common a courtesy. Senior. He might he have been uncredited. Yeah. yeah. He could have been Sully. Yeah. He could have been Sully. <laughs> I don't know. I think you no, could be into that. It never oh gets dully with Army. Uh, <laughs> all right oh my God, well votes. let's go ahead and do our votes Vote. uh the way we vote things on this pod is uh screen it being the the highest stream it being the middle level and skip it is self-explanatory so oh my god i can't off. even believe that even the specter of a skip it is frightening to me it's frightening more frightening than anything in the movie well i'll go first uh, this is a screen it for me i think that it is interesting and fascinating i would actually have loved i saw it on a not to brag a 13 inch laptop but i would have loved to have seen it on a big screen um there's some really beautiful stuff and i i couldn't i can't i talked a lot about mark rylance but taylor russell has a really gorgeous performance in this and she just does so much in small moments um and i really really dig what she has going on and can't wait to see her in more um so yeah I, this I very much enjoyed watching all of this. Do I vote next? Sure. Uh, sure. So so we can leave the unpleasant taste at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I say screen and make love to it. Buy it on physical media. Like I, I've had a great batting average recommending this to people, so I'm pretty happy. I got I did get I saw it first on the laptop. I did get to see it on the big screen, and it is even more amazing on the big screen. Nice. In my heart. I am a skip it, but I will say stream it because people like Daniel Waters, people like Robert Abley, people I trust really love this movie. Notice he didn't say and, my name. Uh, didn't, yeah, didn't sure. Say my uh, name. Yeah, yeah, but like you have a whole show. You know, we don't. I don't need to give you any extra plug on your own show. Uh, you know, it, it, this I'll is take, a movie I'll that take does, a stream it from Alonzo. This movie that is a movie that works for people that I respect. It just didn't work for me. Iffy. All right. Uh, well, you know, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a, look, there's, 
many reasons that I am a screener for this movie. You know, uh, my very unbiased opinion uh, when choosing screen it for this movie can be uh, none other uh, than the fact of uh, Timothy Chalamet's performance. Uh, You know, he's really just a Mm -hmm. star who comes on the screen. And, you know, and and this is another one of his performance where not only Timothy shines, but also uh, his co-star. Because, you know, he's had films like that in the past where he's had a co-star and you're like, damn, this guy's good. I wonder what he'll be up to in the future. Uh, you'd have to wait. But, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. Good. If he, I wonder if Dan Waters knows that you actually co-starred with old Timmy Shaw. Well, just wait till the staff picks. Uh, okay. Taylor Russell uh, okay. was great. Uh, mm. And uh, mm. and I really uh. am excited, genuinely, to see uh, her next moves because she really, I was, I, yeah, I loved just seeing her on this, like, just, yeah, I've... Way to keep yourself from being blocked by a certain Oscar winner's phone. <laughs> yeah. I'll wedge in here that if he absolutely was like, oh, yeah, I've been texting with Timothy Chalamet about this, and I got to make a cannibalism joke. Oh, oh yeah. And we I, were so I proud said, of you. Um, and I oh. quote, I sent... Timothy, Timmy, I said, um, <laughs> I said, just got done watching Bones and All, and you ate figuratively and literally. And he loved it. It's great. It's good. Uh, oh it's God. a good joke. It's a good right. joke. If you want to win, everybody. That's our guy. That's our guy. <laughs> and for me, this movie eats it on a figurative and literal <laughs> basis. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after you have another show for Maximum Fun. So stay right there. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great. But have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh, no. Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self and be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand and maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know or give you interesting things to talk about at parties. Yeah, like the secret life of Emily Post. Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are. We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era. Sure, or what it's like to attend a Regency Ball. Yeah. Uh, you can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Sophie Whiteyway. In the studio with me are... Alonzo Duralde. Daniel Waters. Drea Clark. Uh, today we got a hotline call for you. So, you know, Marissa, play that call. All right, so I'm trying to leave this wet-ass phone call. <laughs> so I'm watching Serendipity for the drunk time, 
And I'm realizing that John Cusack is kind of a shitbird in this. And I would like to know which of the hosts, who are your scumbag favorites? Because John Cusack sucks. And I just want to know, like, what movies you watch and you kind of forgive them, you kind of go along with it, even though they are kind of shitbirds at the beginning, and see where it goes. Um, so, yeah, who are your scumbag favorites? Thank you very much. Love you. <laughs> First hey, it's off, such a multi-layered question. Why Jeez. don't we get more drunk calls? I, I don't know why anybody's not. You should be thinking of us when you're wasted. It should be the name and then segment. call and leave a message. <laughs> drunk I film history. Heavily so agree. I need more of that. Um. I want to know you're thinking about us as soon as you're like, just to that point where you're going to go stare in the mirror in the bathroom at yourself a little too long. That's when you should call us. That's the exact level of non-sobriety I'm looking for. <laughs> um, I really laughed that he was talking about John Cusack and s- um, serendipity. serendipity. <laughs> yeah. he's, been a, he's been a dirtbag in yeah, well, so many stop other it. films. Stop. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Go ahead. Don't spill the beans because we know uh, he's a dirtbag also in High Fidelity. And I like that version of a dirtbag because the hyper-specific nerd dirtbag is one that's very close to me. One that I'm often sharing a room with me. One that is also sometimes me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I... Um, I truly enjoy it. And also early Jack Black, too. It's uh, yeah, really fun. I um, watched it uh, recently. It's one of Emmy's favorite movies. And when she saw I didn't see it, uh, um, I had to watch it. Also, it's very funny that in the reboot, uh, Lisa Bonet's daughter plays her daughter, uh, which is, you know, I love it. That's the only time I like nepotism. <laughs> Brings us back to serendipity. <laughs> When it involves the Bonets. Yes, yes. Yeah. They can do whatever they want to <laughs> film. I'm not going to fight you on me. that. You know, like, shout out to Jason Momoa and Eric Bonet, too. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Just a bromance around romance? Make a movie about that. Bones and all. Bones and all. Oh, what a um, Okay, my favorite dirtbags. I have mentioned this many a time. But obviously, uh, Ethan Hawke's Troy Dyer in Reality Bites, top of the list. That dude, as scumbag prototype, ruined an entire generation of women and our expectations of uh, dudes like that turning um, a leaf that in reality does not exist. They do not have that (laughs) other leaf. They will just remain scumbags. Um, the Daniel Cleaver character that Hugh Grant plays in Bridget Jones franchise wow. is a scumbag that to me fully reflects what Hugh Grant is probably closest to in real life. <laughs> or that, I mean, a girl could dream. I want him to be a dirtbag. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the one that came to mind, because he, I love the word scumbag that he uses here. It, it's so specific. And that as I was thinking of this, it's more gendered than it should be. Let women be scumbags. And I was trying to think of good female scumbag characters in the same vein. And the one that came to mind was Rebel Wilson in Pitch Perfect. Because I think <laughs> Fat Amy has scumbag tendencies. Like, she'll do whatever she, you know, she's a loose cannon. She's a little selfish. She likes to party. 
Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sleep on Charlize Theron and Young Adult for female oh scumbag. Oh my god, yes, you Alonzo, <laughs> queen scumbag. That was a great one. And also, I absolutely grew up with more than one Charlize Theron and Young Adult. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Good call. Good call. Uh, I would say, like you know, for gay scumbags, this is never, <laughs> never the kind that's caught my eye, or vice versa. But like Joel Kim Booster in Fire Island is playing a very specific kind of like hot narcissist who is also has a sensitive side, but the sensitive side is just the honeypot for the narcissism. Um, and maybe by the end of the movie, he's reformed and he's, you know, more open to like uh, uh, being less of a scumbag. But I, I think as, as charming and funny as he is in that movie, that character is like uh, one landmine after another. Um, can I actually branch off of that? And say that Lydia Bennett from Pride and Prejudice is a scumbag that I love. <laughs> like, all she does, right? Like, she just is, like, boy trolling the whole time. And then she totally screws up, like, almost ruins her whole family. And is just psyched because she got to get married at, like, 14 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Love it. Total scumbag. Do I, do I, do I get one? Yeah, yeah of course. You, better. you oh can my have as many God. as you want. At least at one. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, you were so nice to a guest and avoiding the most obvious one, which is James Spader and Pretty in Pink. <gasps> oh, which true. Is, which is, You're so uh, right. So is, is the, gold, the gold standard, as I like yeah, to say. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's fair. And, that's and, fair. And, and, you know, when I, obviously when I first saw it, he was just obviously a monster. But now you realize he's a sexy motherfucker, too. Like oh, that, yeah. That, that oh, some I, of us realized that. Right? I know, I know. Yeah. I'm late. I'm late. I'm, <laughs> well, speaking I'm of late. sexy motherfuckers, uh, this one not only is for me, but uh, for Maria Lewis, who I know will appreciate this, but a Brixton lore from Hobbs and Shaw, played by one Idris Elba. You know, we love... <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we can't forget our fast family... <laughs> Featured scumbags. Oh my god! It's true. We do love everything fast but, related. But if you're too and, bougie for that, Rufus Buck and the harder they fall. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and, and Daniel, it's far too modest to bring him up. But I think JD and Heather's is an all timer in this oh, category. Yeah, so and many. gets gets the ending that Ethan Hawke in reality but should have. Yes. Oh, nice. nice. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the old white man. The old white oh. man choice over here is for Warren Oates and a numerous amount of <laughs> Pam Peckinbaum films, but you know, actual rape takes the fun out of the whole thing. So I, yeah, I'm not gonna. Really I, I, I won't belabor it. If, if I can do a scumbag <laughs> prediction, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jonathan Major's character in the Creed Three because I I did have to see that uh, Ooh, <laughs> uh, the mm. the um, trailer and I was like, oh, this that this is did, looking very delicious. Now, did you see that trailer? And then following the Ant Man trailer, where he's the evil Lord of the Universe, <laughs> yeah. where it's like, it's like, what do you have against Jonathan Majors? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's just the he's, bad he's guy. Gonna, I just expect to see him in the villain in every movie. Like, uh, I just, I figured he, he has- had to get that body for one of those movies. He was like, all right, what else you got? <laughs> yeah, where I yeah, can just like, hit me. Where shirts are yes. optional at best. The Babysitters know? Club too, really? Jonathan Majors again? <laughs> <laughs> But look at that torso. Yeah, yeah. As the dad who won't pay the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, look, I think. Uh, <laughs> Again, thank I you for we'll that question. It. And yeah. 
I can't say it enough. Please call us drunk more often. Yeah, yeah. Please. Yes. Dial it. Thank yes. You. Uh, you know, thank you to the anonymous caller who left that message many moons ago. <laughs> if it was you, let us know so we can thank you by name. And if you have a question for the hotline, write up or record a voice memo and send it to us at maximumfilm at maximumfun.org. And now. <laughs> That's the sound of someone excited for Christmas, because it's time for the Christmas Movie Minute. If you thought today's episode was a little low on holiday cheer, well, look, let me tell you something. We're about to change that in a major way. It's time for the Christmas Movie Minute, where our own Christmas zaddy goes ahead and recaps all the holiday films he watched this past week. You ready, Alonzo? Let's do it. Let it rip. Okay, so Netflix gives us the Noel Diary, which is, I mean, Justin Hartley manages to wear a wet t-shirt in December, and kudos for that. But this is also a movie where a woman who's trying to find the, her, her birth mother uh, puts down the mother's diary so that she can read Justin Hartley's airport novel instead. It's it's, it's, it's kind of terrible. Uh, meanwhile, over at Hallmark, you've got uh, a Big Fat Family Christmas, which is, whenever we get a new movie from Jennifer Lau, it's always uh, a highlight, and this is really fun, and very kind of uh, culturally specific for San Francisco and for Asian Americans and I had a good time with it. Time for him to come home for Christmas. Time for them to stop making movies based on that stupid Blake Shelton song. Not even Tyler Hines can save this thing. A Christmas Cookie Catastrophe kind of lives up to the title. It, it, this is a movie that makes zero sense and it's all about like a, a, a missing recipe that was in a glass case. Uh, don't even get me started. It, it, none of it makes sense at all, but uh, at least you've got like, you know, some charming Hallmark folks in it, but otherwise don't waste my time. And finally, again, I can't stress enough, Matt Rogers, have you heard of Christmas? Yeah, you did it! Wow. Wait, Alonzo, am I wrong, but it's Tyler Hines plays like the quintessential scumbag in Letterkenny, no? Is that? Yes! Yeah. If, we're, if we're including small screen, yes, Long right. Dick Dirks, absolutely. I, I wanted to make sure that I was remembering the right hot Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real yeah, scummy. I, I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love. I love that he has one foot in Hallmark and one foot in like the the raunchiest character on on Letterkenny. Yes, <laughs> best place for your feet. Yeah, that <laughs> is that is an eclectic performer. <laughs> well. Alonzo, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can get even more Alonzo Christmas movie <laughs> magic? Oh, by all means, uh, pick up my two books on the subject, Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas, and the book I co-wrote with the Deck the Hallmark podcast, I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies, all about Hallmark movies with reviews of more than 100 Hallmark Christmas titles. Both right. available wherever books are sold. Yeah! Woo-hoo! Now, it's time for staff picks. It could be any movie at all, so Drea, why don't you kick us off? All right. There is a film currently in theaters, probably in limited markets, but if it's near you, go see it. You'll thank me. It is called Leonor Will Never Die. Um, It is a film from the Philippines by director Martika Ramirez Escobar, and it is so unique and wonderful. And the first 20 minutes or so, you're going to be like, oh, Drea, yeah, I've seen a slightly introspective uh, foreign movie about an older woman um, going through some traumatic grief processing before. What a weird thing to get psyched about. But then you realize this older woman is a former famed action director who is writing a screenplay and her real life starts to overlap with said screenplay um, after she suffers a, a concussion. And it gets so insightful and goes back and forth. And there were three or four times when I gasped and was like, oh, Oh, they just, 
oh, she just took it to a whole nother thing. And it was really fun. And also the movie within a movie within a concussion is like this martial arts 1980s looking gritty ridiculousness. Like every fight scene is just kind of stupid in the best way. Highly enjoyed. Leonor will never die. Don't let it die on you. Water's what you got. I, I'm pulling there. There's a gray movie having a one week Academy run. It's probably going to only be in town for two days, maybe, but um, hopefully you can somehow see it. It's called return to soul. It's a Cambodian film. It's a Cambodian entry into the Oscar awards. If I tell you it's about a woman who goes to Korea to find her biological parents, you're going to start to turn up turn down the podcast, but it is it is one of the great, ter- terrifying, weird, off kilter performances, lead performances, and she just makes the whole thing a little different. Unfortunately, I I would have prepared the phonetic Park pronunciation of her name. Heart G Man, like I said, Park my, my, my my girl Heart G Man. Um, yeah, th- this is it upends every cliche and that that of not just that genre but everything as. F- as first-time performances go, it's right up there with uh, uh, the worst person in the world in terms of mm. where did you find this person? She's amazing and uh, absolutely understands like how to be on camera in the best way. Cool. I will, I will treble that recommendation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'll be opening up in early 2023. Uh, so mine is actually a movie I haven't seen yet, but there's a reason that I'm going to recommend it. Uh, it is The Holiday Sitter, which premieres this Sunday on Hallmark. It is their first LGBTQ-centered romantic film. Jonathan Bennett from Mean Girls stars. Yay. His same-sex love story is the A story, the A plot of this movie, which they have never done on Hallmark before. So I'm trying to get eyeballs in front of it because, you know, a lot of their viewership is going to tune out in a huff. Uh, and if you are not a cable subscriber, which I know most of our listeners are not, uh, Peacock is now running Hallmark Channel live uh, on the streamer and they do show the new Christmas movies for about a 72-hour window after they premiere. So you can watch this on Peacock and I recommend that you do because we're doing an episode about it. So I'm giving you an advance warning. Cha-cha. This is your homework. Go watch The Holiday Sitter. Support queer Christmas Hallmark movies. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll get a second one. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, you know, why don't we close out strong with a little, you know, indie flick. We love indie flicks around here. So why don't you watch Spinners, a short film starring Timothy Chalamet oh <laughs> and an up-and-comer Iffy Waddy Way. Uh, you know, who, who, you know, it's about two desert boys trying to figure it out. Uh, but it does hold a weird special place in my heart because that was like my first hollywood thing i acted in uh before like quitting my job and coming to la proper uh from like norwalk to pursue it so you know timmy <laughs> timmy pop <laughs> girl yeah well you just did that yeah i did not and it wasn't on purpose oddly enough uh but yeah so that's that's why it's so funny that um you know that's how he, it started and he, he ate was, you yeah where can one see this masterpiece oh on youtube uh the director was quick to throw it up when timmy had that hot streak where it was uh what was it it was um call me by your name it was little um, women little women it was like he and and it says spinners a short film featuring timothy chalamet i'm like all right bro i'm in it too <laughs> 
and, and I will say this. I'm just I'm looking it up on IMDb, and it's about two teenagers. One is played by Timothy, and one is played by one Ify Wadaway. Oh, so yeah. You are the co-lead of this. Oh, definitely. Thing. But definitely don't look it oh, up. Oh, I've seen on, it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're killing me on... Um, what is it? Letterboxd? Oh, they they ate my ass. They, oh, they cooked. No. They, Bones they and all. <laughs> so to speak. Oh, no. Well, I, oh, I, always, I always give Duraldi credit for being the first person, first person to say the words Timothy and Chalamet in the same sentence when he <laughs> discovered the, him in the movie Mrs. Stevens. Miss Stevens, yes. Miss Stevens. Yeah. And he was the first yes. time I'd ever heard of him, and I, ba- and I watched it and, and it backed him up. So I was the second person. <laughs> You're welcome, Timothy. Yes. Well, big thanks to Dan Waters. It was so fun sitting Woo! and talking with you, having you on the pod. You're amazing. Where can people find you? What do you want people to know about? Oh, geez. I got, I'm keeping secrets right now, but when I want you to know something, I'll tell everybody. You're on Twitter now. You're on Twitter now. I'm I'm I my my first my first tweet got twenty two thousand likes my second tweet got twelve. <laughs> <laughs> your first it's a, fi- it's a fickle medium. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle, Waters? Troubled Waters. Troubled Waters. All right. Isn't there like an st like an a tx whatever? Oh, Just there might Daniel be an Waters. x at the end to make it different. Yeah, yeah. troubled waters. So I, so, x. so I don't steal Paul Simon's. Isn't handle. that a show on this network? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yes, exactly. it is. It is Troubled Waters X. Oh, we'll, see, we'll I, I, like to to th- I like to throw that X around. Yeah, yeah. Like so that X. Definitely <laughs> follow that so you can find out those secrets when those secrets can be talked about. Andre and Alonzo, <laughs> thank you for another wonderful show. Thank, thank you, you, sir. And look, listeners, thank you for popping through and, uh, you know, listening to us yet again. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at Maximum Our producer is the wonderful Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is the also wonderful Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. Bye bye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported